What the fuck is up, guys? Long time no see. I just haven't been feeling like recording lately, so I apologize about that. My original plan was to do an episode once a week, but then that completely fell apart. So instead, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna record whenever I feel like it. <laughs> Anywho, let's talk a little bit about March Madness because that is what everyone gives a shit right now. You know, I've noticed that. Every year during March Madness, I tune out everything else like NBA, NHL, MLB, and NFL. So the Sweet 16 starts on Thursday, and the 16 teams that are still dancing are as follows. Gonzaga, Florida State, Purdue, Tennessee, Texas Tech, Michigan, Oregon, Virginia, LSU, Michigan State, Auburn, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Duke, Houston, and Kentucky. Now, I don't mean to brag, but I picked every Sweet 16 team right except for Auburn. I had them losing to New Mexico State, and it would have happened if that fucking guy would have made his fucking free throws. But that's behind us now. So on Sunday, Duke almost lost to 9th-ranked UCF, led by 7-6 monster Taco Fall. Let me tell you, this guy has absolutely zero basketball skills. He's uncoordinated. I mean, Delorier blocked his shot. Delorier. He's Taco Fall is probably about a foot taller than him. And the sole reason he's dominant is, is because of his height. And I know what you're thinking. Jimmy, can you say that about any player seven feet or taller? And the answer is no. There are many seven footers in the NBA who have lots of skills. Take our guy Larry Markinen, for example. He's seven feet tall, can get down the floor pretty well for his height, and can shoot the three. Now, I've heard people out there bashing Bull Ball, the center for Oregon, who only played nine games this season, for the same things that I'm saying, that he's only good because he's tall, and he's only popular because he's Minute Ball's kid. Well, I am a big Bull Ball supporter. And, and Bull Bull, in nine games, averaged 21 points, almost 10 rebounds. That's almost a double-double and three blocks. And you know what the best part is? He can shoot the three. In nine games, Bull Bull went 13 for 25 from three-point range, which is 52%. Now, I know it's just nine games, and you could argue that it could be lower if he was healthy for the whole season. But that is still proof that he is about that is that he's able to shoot the three. So let's run it back. A guy who is 7'2, who can rebound, defend the rim, and score on the inside and from three-point range. Oh, that's a player, man. Imagine. Imagine a taller Giannis who can shoot, who can shoot the three-pointer. That guy is deadly. I think Bull Bull is going to be a stellar player in the in the NBA. I think he will be in the MVP, not in the MVP race, the Rookie of the Year race along with Zion and possibly R.J. Barrett or John Morant. So, 
this guy has lots and lots of potential. And I think he's going to be a very good NBA player. All right, so back to Sweet 16. This is how I think it will go. Duke beats Vatek. MSU beats LSU. The Zags beat the Knowles. Michigan beats Texas Tech. UVA beats Oregon. Tennessee beats Purdue. UNC beats Auburn. And will hopefully stop Auburn from fucking up my bracket. And and Kentucky will beat Houston in a good close game that may or may not go into overtime. You can quote me on that. But if I'm going to get any picks wrong, I'd say Houston could beat Kentucky and Texas Tech could beat Michigan. I originally had Texas Tech winning against Michigan, but I chose Michigan because they have a better coach with John Beeline and, in my opinion, better overall talent. I haven't seen much of Texas Tech. The only thing I know about Texas Tech is Jared Culver. Um, Texas Tech might show me something that I don't know about Texas Tech. Um, I haven't heard anything from Billis or Lenardi or any other, um, any other like analysts except for Jared Culver, Jared Culver, Jared Culver. So apparently they don't know, you know, any more than I do. So we'll see. What happens with that game? I think that's going to be a really good game. I think Houston, Kentucky is going to be a really good game. Um, I think Duke will um, win comfortably by maybe 10, 15 points. Uh, um, sorry, excuse me. Um, Michigan State, LSU, that'll be a good, hard-fought game. But, um, you know, same deal with uh, Michigan. They have um, they have a better coach. They're well-coached um, with Tom Izzo. Um, you know, no matter if he yells at his players or not, um, you know, he's a good leader. He's a good coach. And, um, and then Virginia, I think will obliterate Oregon, to be honest. Um, you know, they're, they're just, there's just so much talent on that, um, Virginia team. I mean, they started a guy who was, was usually a bench player against, um, damn, who would they play after Gardner Webb? Um, wow. Okay. Give me a second, guys. I can't think of this right now. Holy shit. Um, they played against Oklahoma. Against Oklahoma, they, um, I can't remember his name, but he was a bench player and then led the team in scoring. So um, they have a very deep roster, and um, and they're they're also well coached. Um, I've been watching like I've seen like interviews with him, and um, you know he took that um, that sixteen seed loss pretty uh, pretty well, and um, it just shows that he's a great leader, um, a leader of men. And that's what I like. I like what's I like in a coach. He, um, I like a coach that will, you know, teach players like, you know, not just how to be good basketball players, but how to be good people. Because if, because not all of these players are going to go to the NBA. I mean, that's just not possible. 
maybe an entire starting lineup if you're lucky. But, um, but yeah, the entire team doesn't go to the NBA. So they're going to go on to do other things. They'll go on to pursue whatever they majored in at that school. And basketball could be a really good, um, you know, teaching moment in college. And um, that's why college coaches are so important, in my opinion. I think that, um, you know, in, along with being, you know, a good basketball coach and um, having good plays and, you know, all this stuff, you have to, you have to like connect with your players. Um, I think that's why Bob Knight, you know, towards the end of his coaching career was, um, was like ridiculed because, you know, he abused his players and he would yell at them all the time. And, you know, at first he was a good teacher. Like he balanced the <clears throat> emotion and the teaching. But, you know, I just think that <clears throat> towards the end of Bob Knight's career, he, you know, lost sight of that. And it's really important not to lose sight of what you're trying to accomplish as a coach. And um, that's just my two cents about that. I'm really going off script there. But um, that's just how I think. That's just what I think. All right, moving on. So opening day is around the corner for the Chicago White Sox. And they made a big roster move recently um, that could turn this team around. So what they did was they moved Nicky Delmonico down to AAA, which means that could possibly mean that Eloy Jimenez could be on the MLB roster um, on opening day. That is super fucking exciting If for the White Sox. And if you're a White Sox fan, you're probably, you know, have like a raging boner right now. Because we've been waiting for this fucking dude to come up since we since we traded for him. Ever since we traded for him. Um, you know, um, obviously, you know, there's like there was a similar hype around Yohan Moncada when he um when we got him. And lately, he hasn't been living up to that hype. At least not yet. I think he will eventually, but um, not yet. But Eloy, this guy, oh my god. I mean, when one of your teammates calls you, you know, the second coming of Babe Ruth, that was Michael Kopech, that's when you know, that's when you know that this guy is something special. Um, I think he will be. I think he will be the rookie of the year. Um, you know, and if it won't be him, it'll it'll be Vlad Jr. or Tatis. And, but, you know, it's just I'm. I've been waiting, you know, for this rebuild to, you know, you know, take another step. Um, 
you know, we signed a bunch of veteran guys in the offseason. Um, and, you know, um, a couple of days ago, we recently signed Elcidas Escobar, which is, you know, um, which reminds me of that Jimmy Rollins signing. But, um, you know, that, you know, uh, Jesus, shit, Jesus Christ. Um, speaking of that year, um, you know, we added all those guys, just like all these random guys, Brett Laurie, Alex Avila, Jimmy Rollins, you know, Justin Morneau later in the year. We traded for James Shields. We traded away Tatis for James Shields. I mean, it was just a mess because we started losing and Han didn't know what to do. So, um, you know, I think um, that's what we're doing, like, on the surface, you know, getting all these veteran guys. And then on the farm, you know, on the farm you got all of these these young prospects that are coming up and all of these, you know, older guys, all these older veterans are just placeholders for these younger guys to develop and get better. And that's just really, really great. If you're, if you're a White Sox fan. So, um, getting, going back to Nikki, um, there was, I think he would, he probably still would have gotten, you know, sent down. You know, even if Eloy does, um, you know, stay in the minors yet again this year. But, um, you know, we have all of the, we have a bunch of other, um, We have a bunch of other uh, outfielders. You know, we have Polka, we have Angle, and you know Larry Garcia, who's very versatile. And we we signed John Jay. Um, and I think uh, if Eloy doesn't come up right away, um, I think you know Garcia would be a placeholder, and then it would be. Um, and then the outfield would be, it would be Polka, Angle, Garcia, until Jimenez comes up, and then, and then um, they would either put Eloy in the outfield, or DH, or then interchange that. Or what they probably will do is, you know, leave Eloy in the outfield and then put Polka at DH. You know, that could also happen. You know, there's all these different possibilities. And um, I think this is very exciting. And I can't wait for the season to start. And I can't wait for the release of the opening day lineup against Kansas City. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun season. Um... Yeah, even without, you know, Machado or Harper on our team. I think um, there's still good things to look forward to. Like I said before, the farm, you know, all the young guys on the farm, 
that will eventually take the places of, you know, the older guys. And it's it's gonna be good. Um, don't worry, Sox fans. Um, I have faith, and I think you should have faith too. That um, what is happening is good. It's all good things. All good things are happening right now. This is what the Cubs went through. This is what the Astros went through. And now we're going through it. And what happened to those two teams? Yeah, World Series champions, both of them. They went through the same process. Okay? So if you're if you're doubting, you know, the White Sox that, oh, we're never going to be good. You know, this is a waste of time, you know. Then you're just stupid. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to sound like unprofessional, but you you are. You're just stupid because because this is like this is textbook. This is textbook rebuilding. Um, Han is doing everything right right now, um, and I think and I think really good things are going to happen very soon for the White Sox. Mark my words, this is going to be a good uh, a good year for for the White Sox. And then when Kopech comes back comes back from Tommy John, who oh boy, the team this team's going to be dangerous, man. So in NFL news, it was announced yesterday that the Bears will host the Packers to kick off the 2019 season. And let me tell you something. I can't think of a better way to kick off the season, the 100th NFL season, other than the greatest rivalry in NFL history, Bears-Packers. So it's said that it'll be on September 5th on NBC. So that's going to be a great game. And um, our boy Tariq Cohen, when, when Tariq heard about it, his first thought was, oh, but I'm going to tweet at Adrian Amos, who recently signed a $37 million deal with the Packers. And, you know, they're going back and forth on Twitter about it. So, um, so yeah, it's all, it's, it's very, um, very fun, you know. Um, I think this will be one of the, main storylines, if not the main storyline, Amos coming back to Soldier Field, you know, you know, seeing all the, these, um, all of his, all of his old teammates. And, um, I think, you know, all of the, I think all the players are going to try to make plays on Amos too. That's so that's going to be really fun to watch. And I just want to say that I just love that the bears are back in the limelight again. I love that, um, you know, they're getting all this clout, you know, they're um, all, all the Sunday night games and um, <clears throat> playing the first game of the year, you know, um, which will probably be a night game. And because um, it's because because it's, it's Thursday, you know, all these prime, all the primetime games and. And it's just great, you know. All and then all the marquee players. You got Khalil Mack, um, 
you know, Tariq Cohen's making a name for himself. Trubisky's making a name for himself. You know, Allen Robinson is, you know, going coming back to what he was. Um, we just added Cordell Patterson. Um, Anthony Miller is, you know, is coming off a great rookie year. Javon Wims um, could see more touches now that Kevin White is gone. Um, you know, Jordan Howard is getting, um, you know, more recognition than he used to because, you know, oh, he's a good running back, but he's on a bad team. But now the team's not bad anymore, so now he's, you know, that whole thing. <coughs> Excuse me. So, and I think the Bears can make a Super Bowl, Super Bowl run. So that's all I have today. Um, I will post when I will try to post um, next week. Um, if not, then um, just uh, stay tuned for when I do. Um, I'll try to keep you posted. You know, maybe like give you like a heads up, like hey, episode coming soon. You know, or whatever. So, um, so yeah, hit me up at. Um, Shy Sox fan Jimmy on Twitter or Jimmy underscore underscore Durkin also on Twitter and then Jimmy underscore underscore Durkin on Instagram and and yeah so um, have a great day everybody. <laughs>